All right, everybody, we are on episode 103 of the Curvo Podcast. Today, we have Peterson Health Rehab Services, and y'all offer a lot of different therapy programs that I didn't even know were here in Kerrville. We have Jennifer Kramer and Jim LaRue. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate being here. Absolutely. Um, So why do I have this misconception of some of these programs are only in San Antonio, but they're right here in Kerrville? That's right. That's one of the things that we've really been working on is trying to look at what services do our patients in this area need? What can we bring to the Kerrville area that they're currently having to go to San Antonio and Austin for? And we bring in this amazing team of specialists and getting training so that we can offer things that you usually see in the big cities here in Kerrville, Texas. Yeah. And Jennifer, you were talking earlier about getting the awareness out that um, when a doctor recommends a service that technically you're not obligated to use that service. Correct. Just like any um, physician or provider, you have the opportunity to choose where you want to do your therapy. Um, I moved here two years ago and I fell and broke my leg and I was referred to an outside, you know, a freestanding clinic because I had no idea that Peterson had rehab services. And then once I found out, of course, you know, this was fast forward a year and a half and here I am trying to, you know, raise some community awareness that Peterson has a full gamut of inpatient and outpatient services. And you don't have to necessarily go with what your provider or what your your therapist or your you don't have your to doctor. Nec- right. <laughs> you, you don't have, have to yeah. nec- <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to necessarily go where your doctor refers you to. You can choose your own therapy. So yeah. yeah, that I think that's definitely something that people need to be aware of. So as a patient, how do you how do you go about that? Because obviously you trust and care for your doctor and you think he has your best interest in mind, but how sure. do you explore your options of your different therapy options? Um, I mean, basically you can do your research word of mouth. Um, yeah, you can definitely call our number and you can talk to, you know, any one of our individuals and ask them about the different services that we have. Um, you can also also ask your physician and your physician will tell you that we offer them. They just also have uh, other additional services elsewhere. So that's great. So I've learned a lot in these past couple of days getting ready for this podcast. <laughs> and uh, Jim, what are some of the things that that y'all provide there at Peterson Health Rehab Services? That's a great question, John. That's why I have my cheat sheets here. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, I've been with Peterson for 16 years, and it's been fun to see how much we've grown as a department in the rehab. When I first started, we had a handful of therapists, and we offered you know the typical physical, occupational, and speech therapy services. But as far as specializations go, we really didn't have those kind of cool programs that we have now. So I'm going to kind of touch on the main ones uh, that we have right now. The other thing that's really neat that we have is we have three locations now. So not only do we have the main location at the Ambulatory Care Center that is on 260 Cully Drive, we have been seeing people out in Comfort, Texas, uh, just past the high school heading out towards Fredericksburg, yeah. the Towers of Comfort, so we've got a spot there. And then our newest location that we're really proud of is over at the Center for Fitness. And so we've got a great therapist, Jason Smith, that's out there doing amazing work, uh, kind of a very comfortable area, lots of parking. Uh, you can utilize the nice gym there, and then we have a therapy room. So That's amazing. So not only have we expanded our programs, but we've expanded our physical size, and we've been kind of 
growing, which has been great. That's so but exciting. In Kerrville, you know, we, like I mentioned, we offer physical, occupational, and speech, and we are the only clinic in town that offers all three disciplines under one roof, which is great for the patients, because if you're a stroke patient and you get referred for PT, OT, and speech, you don't want to be going to this clinic for PT and then have to go to another clinic for OT and another clinic for speech. It's mm. just great and convenient for them to have it all in one spot. And we can see you back to back so they can have all their appointments in a row. Uh, great for the families. So we offer uh, balance and vestibular therapy. So we've got therapists that are specially trained in how to tease out balance problems in vestibular. And then that vestibular therapy is really neat because that's one of the things with physical therapy that you can have one or two treatments and almost be cured. Like they can come and see them for a vestibular problem, the therapist can look at you and do some procedures and they can almost instantly correct it with almost one or two visits, which is Wow. Great. So that's one thing that I think people don't really know about. They'll come in and they're having this problem and they'll come and see the therapist and they might do the whole pike and it's like, boom, they're, they're almost corrected instantly. So that's kind of a cool one. That's amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. We have cancer and lymphedema therapy. So we have one certified lymphedema therapist right now that had to go and get, gosh, it was like a hundred something hours of training. They had to do online training. They had a whole week of classes to get the certifications. It's a CLT, Certified Lymphedema Therapist. And mm. I think Kerrville, we're the only place in town that has that therapist uh, trained with that. You have to go to San Antonio or Austin to get that. Uh, and they and help you right with, here. Yeah, so right here in it's Kerrville, right here. you can get lymphedema therapy. And it's really great for, for cancer patients because I'm not sure how much you know about this, John, but the, um, the lymphatic system is one of the systems in your body and helps pump fluids. Mm. When that's damaged or injured with surgery, the body can't normally get that fluid where it needs to go. So the therapists are trained on how to safely get that fluid moving back into the body so it can be recirculated. And there's kind of wraps that they can do to kind of help keep it from getting, getting worse. Wow. So that's a cool thing that we've got going on. We do driving assessments which is kind of a touchy subject. Uh, it, we all, it, that is. You it know, really we, is. We all have loved ones that are out there that maybe shouldn't be driving, but they are. And so it's like, how do you have that conversation where it's like, hey, uh, grandma, you might, you know, it's just difficult. Such a sense of independence to drive, right? Yeah. So how do you tell them it's not safe to drive? Well, what we do is if you go to your physician, they'll write an order for a driving evaluation. Mm. They come to see us. We run them through a gamut of, uh, visual perception, uh, reaction time, cognitive tests. We give the doctor some objective testing to let them know whether it's safe for them to drive or not. So a lot of times it's not. I couldn't uh, do it. And when it's not, <laughs> then the doctor can then have that conversation like, you know, I'm really sorry, but you know, we might need to look at other options. You know, when you first go in and get your driver's license, you're so excited, but you never think about the day where you might have to give it, give up. it up. Exactly. It's hard for them to do that. It's they're giving up their freedom. And it's, it's such a huge yeah, piece of your independence. It is. It's, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. Not an, ever an easy conversation, but luckily we have wonderful therapists that are trained in having those wonderful conversations. And I used to do those as well. So it, it's tough as a therapist too that? to, to so, have that conversation. It's not when, easy. Yeah. When you know somebody, it, it, they've reached the end of their driving time, you know, how do you, how do you tell somebody that? And what are the reactions like? And do you go through training just to handle somebody's emotional state? Well, the training is with OT. One of the good things with OT is we do have to take a lot of psych courses. 
So one thing that I was really fortunate about when you're going through your program in OT, you do have to take some psych courses, which definitely helps because a big part of rehab is a psychosocial component. Mm. And a lot of times you tend to be like a counselor sometimes for these folks. But I can tell you there have been tears with that driving conversation. Now, we don't take away their license. So we're not like, John, give me your wallet, taking mm. the license yeah. out. We don't, we don't do that. But we do tell them that the data shows us that you're not safe to drive. And then the physician is the one that has that heart to heart really with them to kind of mm. say, hey, it's probably time to hang up the keys. That's that's hard. That's hard. I bet y'all experienced a lot of situations that you didn't think you would going into this profession. I mean, what what is what are the differences between going into this profession as opposed to the mindset how you thought it was going to be? Well, it's a good question. So you go into the profession you want to help people. So yeah. Like I became an occupational therapist. I wanted to help people get better. Uh, and sometimes they don't always maybe get to the point where you want them to get, mm. and that can be difficult. As therapists, we do an evaluation, we write goals, we try to incorporate the patient into the plan of care that we call it, so like into their treatment plan. We ask you, like, what is, what's important to you, John? Like, what do you want to do? You, know, you may have broken your hip, and you say, you know, I want to get back to um, walking. I want to get back. I'd like to walk the river trail. I want to get back to do that. So we'll set a goal for that, but maybe something happens and you're not able to achieve that goal. Mm. And so it's difficult to say, okay, let's scale that back. What can be a good short-term goal that we can do? And so just really experience on how to set appropriate goals, how to handle the challenges. Some patients get better quicker than others. No patient's the same. That's one thing that you'll learn in therapy is not every stroke is the same, not every hip is the same, not every knee is the same. Uh, and, and being okay with that. It's kind of what makes it fun and interesting. It's like there's, It's always uh, something new and exciting. There's always things to learn. Uh, and it really is a great, a great profession for those watching. Um, cause there are some who want to be in your position someday. Uh, what advice do you have to those in high school and just starting college who, who want to be in your position? If they're serious, I'd say, you know, start looking at volunteer hours early, uh, the, really? the programs, PT and OT, and even speech have gotten so competitive now that the schools have a ton of applicants and they really have to weed out the uh the amount of applicants to the amount of spots that they have and so they want to know that you're serious about being a physical therapist so if you mm. are i'd say try to get with the clinic do volunteer hours observation hours work as a rehab tech do whatever you can to show that you're serious about the profession every uh, pt has usually undergraduate programs will have like a pre-pt program or a pre-ot program we'll tell college kids get in those programs become involved be an advocate um, the more you can put in your resume will help with getting into those programs and grades don't hurt. Grades don't hurt either. You, know, you want to make sure yeah. you get, you make get good, good grades. grades. Um, don't Darn they, it! They have a pretty good program here at Shriner University, don't they? I believe so. Shriner doesn't program. have any therapy programs yet. I think they're starting a speech therapy program, I believe, but there's no PT or OT right now. But they do have LVN and RN, I believe, and those programs have been going. Okay, for a while. we'll edit that out. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> But they do, Shriner does have some pre-programs though. So they'll do, kids can go to Shriner for their pre-PT and their pre-OT training and get their bachelor's because now all of the programs, OT and PT, have gone to a doctorate program. So to get, even to get into the program, you have to have your bachelor's degree. Wow. So you can go to a lot of our, you know, wherever you want to go to get those degrees and then you want to apply to get into the programs. Do you have any more programs you'd like Kerrville to know about? Yeah, John, there's a couple more I want to mention. So, um, 
while we have the driving avails as well, that's, that's a wonderful service to the community. We also offer dry needling, which is an interesting kind of niche of physical therapy where you're using sterile needles to target trigger points. So it's good for pain control. Like acupuncture? Kind of, sort of, very similar needle. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's also one of those things where you can get really good relief with just a couple of sessions. So that's kind of a cool thing that we offer. We have hand therapy. And this is one thing that we're really proud of here in Kerrville. Huh. So we have a certified hand therapist that's actually a physical therapist. And when we talk about hours of training, like these folks have to have a ton of education and training mm. to get certified to treat hand, hand, hand therapy patients. And so we're talking post-surgical, complicated surgeries that if you aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing, you can really affect the surgery. So we are the only clinic in town that has that type of training that we can see those types of patients. So that's wonderful. They don't have to go to San Antonio or Austin. Now, right now, a lot of times they have to go to San Antonio or Austin to get those surgeries done, but they're coming back to us to have the therapy, which is great, not having to battle 1604 and all that stuff. Yeah, so we're that hits that. home with me, Jim, because my mama has lupus, and she's having surgery March the 2nd here in Kerrville, and she's going to be going through that hand therapy. So, yeah. so it's amazing how, you know, that's why I love – interviewing people on here, bringing people on that impact the community so greatly because we're just, we're a little ecosystem here, a little bubble. Mm -hmm. You know, you see these people at HEB, Walmart. I'm sure you see your patients there too. Oh, yeah. And it's just, you know, Kerrville, you know, th this podcast is uh, so beneficial, not only to the community, but to me because you see, you see um, Peterson Health Rehab Services, but who's behind it? What do they believe in? What are their morals and values? How proud are they of their position? You know, and, and it's such an honor having y'all on uh, and knowing my mom is in good hands. Yeah. That's right. And so it's about you know, awareness. We want to make sure that we're let, spreading the word that yeah. we can do these things and letting the docs know, letting the families know. So, yeah. Uh, we also have uh, low vision therapy, which can be great for folks as they get older. A lot of times they have deterioration of the eyes and mm. have trouble with seeing and glaucoma and things like that. So, there's things that we can tease out and there's some adaptions that we can do to help them be more successful. Uh, we have a really cool program with our, for our Parkinson's patients. It's called LSVT Big and Loud. And it's a really intensive program that works on amplifying movements. Um, great program for folks that are struggling with Parkinson's. Uh, we, have, uh, we offer swallow studies. So for speech therapy, if you're having trouble swallowing, mm. we can do a very thorough procedure in radiology where they look at how things are going and can make it sure that you're safe to swallow, that you're not aspirating. Uh, we do, of course, orthopedics. So we've got some folks that are really skilled on orthopedics, uh, hips and knees, all that kind of fun stuff. We have a pretty robust pain management program. We deal with pelvic health. So if you're suffering from incontinence, male or female, we can help you out there. Uh, and then on the pediatric side, that's one thing I want to mention. You know, we talk about Kerrville. It's, it's a retirement community, but, you know, we do have uh, a middle class here as well. And that's we have right. a lot of little kids running around. So we do treat pediatrics. So not only are we the only clinic that can see OT, PT, and speech, but we're the only clinic that will treat little ones up into geriatrics. So we have a pediatric program, PT, OT, and speech, that helps all the little kids. That's amazing. Right and, here in Kerrville. Yeah, right, right here in Kerrville. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> That's so amazing. It's been really cool. We also have a pool, which is kind of overlooked sometimes, but sometimes aquatics can be a great modality for therapy. If you can't tolerate land-based therapy, we got a heated pool with some underwater treadmills, and so really, we can take care of you that way too. So we're really trying to offer, just like like I mentioned before, just so many different programs that we can 
prevent people from having to fight the traffic and having to coordinate and take off work. It's like yeah. having it right here in Kerrville to make it real. Right convenient. here in Kerrville, Comfort, and then you said the fitness and center. Center for Fitness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, well, thank you. Yes, I appreciate sir. it, Jim. Is there anything else you'd like everybody to know that we have right here? I don't think so. Maybe just a quick plug for the inpatient ARU. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The acute rehab unit, Dr. Foster and that group, they do an amazing job. And we talk about awareness. We really want to spread the word about that unit. It's an intensive inpatient hospital for post, uh, post-acute rehab. And they do three hours of therapy a day. They've got an amazing team. And Kerbal offers that as well. And you're not going to get that in a town this size. Yes, so you do. Really so it's funny because my dad just recently... Uh, um, had some health problems and <clears throat> that's where he was. That's exactly where he was. Three hours. I think his was every other day. You know, I guess it different differs for each patient, but he was there and, and, uh, he couldn't take a step. He, he could barely breathe. And now he's, he's outside around the house moving. That's awesome. Um, yeah, they, yeah. he lost like 30 pounds in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. They didn't starve him. They worked him. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's intensive, Johnny. It's, it's, it it's usually five to six days a week, three hours a day. They give them breaks. Yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah. They, uh, they, do, yeah. they spread it out throughout the day. It's not back yeah. to back, but it's it's great. And it's usually they're there about 10 to 14 days. And the goal is to go home. So they yeah. come in with us. We really get them back. And they go home. And then usually from there, they come to see us. So they go inpatient. And then they come see us an outpatient. We had Corey Edmondson and uh, Lisa Winters on like a year ago and they were talking about just the the difference within the last three years at the hospital mm-hmm. you know and how things have changed and and uh i'm just i'm so happy that's here in my hometown really absolutely and especially on the therapy side too oh yeah you know y'all, y'all are mentioning things that i never even knew were here in kerrville yeah. with all due respect <laughs> yeah, no, understand, understand. Yeah, but um, all right. Do you want to uh, introduce our next guest? Sure. So I think we're gonna have uh, Katie Segner. She has her doctorate of physical therapy, and she's gonna talk to us a little bit more about the pelvic health program that we have at uh, Peterson's Outpatient Rehab. All right, y'all, ladies and gentlemen, we have Dr. Katie Segner. Thank you for coming. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having us. We appre- absolutely we appreciate you. We appreciate what you do at Peterson Health Rehab Services, and I'm learning as we're going. I really am. Um, so you focus. What do you focus on there? Um, so over the last probably four years, really since I became a mom myself, I've kind of dived in headfirst into more pelvic health and women's health specifically, although we do treat male pelvic health at our outpatient rehab clinic. Um, So it covers a lot of conditions that maybe people haven't even heard of. And since pelvic floor therapy is kind of a sensitive subject, a lot of times people that experience those symptoms maybe don't bring it up to their providers Mm. or a lot of times they may have these symptoms after they've had a baby and they just think it's normal and it just they don't ever talk about it because they just kind of accept that as normal so that's one of my biggest um i guess interests is trying to educate the community if you are experiencing bladder control challenges or pelvic pain pain with intercourse um, low back pain after having a baby or just as part of aging that there is help and we definitely have um, both internal and external treatment modalities that we can use to help improve your symptoms and a lot of times really resolve the issue. 
what are the first steps to, you know, diagnosing and resolving? So with that, it kind of depends on if it's like just a pain that they're experiencing, you know, at rest or with certain activities and trying to tease out what activities bring on the pain. Um, sometimes it depends on, you know, where in the pelvis it was located. And then I would want to dig in deeper. Was this something you experienced before you were ever pregnant or mm. is this since pregnancy or is it postpartum? Cause sometimes it can happen from labor and delivery, or sometimes they experienced pain during pregnancy. Cause as the baby grows, your hormones cause your ligaments to be more lax. So a lot of times you're just having pain from instability of the joint. So I'd want to know, is it more in the front of the pelvis or is it in the back of the pelvis or is it more of like a tissue issue? Because if you maybe had um, vacuum extraction or forceps or if you had a perennial tear, Mm. you can have scar tissue from that. And that's where the internal pelvic exam and treatment comes in. So a lot of questions subjectively in the interview that go into that. We have 45 minute treatments and evaluations and so with uh, pelvic health clients usually I'm spending a solid 30 minutes going through what's the obstetric history you know asking those very specific questions because that can really help me come up with a treatment plan of am I going to be doing more like coordination training of those muscles or am I going to be doing more stretching or strengthening do I need to include more core with the pelvic floor strengthening or sometimes it's even people have a lot of muscle tension and we're teaching a lot of breathing mechanics and how to activate the diaphragm or how to basically down regulate or down train those overactive muscles teaching like relaxation strategies. So there's no one size fits all for you. Not at all. You and take I, your time I, interviewing and, and narrowing it down with each patient. huh? Absolutely. I took a course. I was really lucky that um, Jim and Elizabeth, our director, allowed me to have a course at Peterson last January where I got to learn about the internal treatment. And since that, it really reframed all of my treatment because before we did a lot of strengthening and then I really realized just how important it is to truly tailor everything up and know, okay, if I, if there's this set of symptoms, then there's, you know, five different things we can try. And so it just kind of opened the doors to get a deeper look into that. But it's very individualized. But I would say really no matter pelvic health, uh, total knee replacement, whatever mm. the case, we're always individualizing our treatment. And that's something we really pride ourselves on with Peterson is very um, patient-centered, individualized care. So here on the treatment list, I see, I see strengthening, 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 flexibility, um, mobility, mechanics. How often do you see somebody um, self-medicating with Tylenol and then in your mind you're like, look, if you just stretch or if you just strengthen your core, if you, just, you know, um, does that happen? Every day. Every, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, our society we do everything quickly we want a quick fix and so a lot of things just get swept under the rug it's like oh i'll take this for now and eventually i'll get to that and then that ends up becoming weeks months years and so we never address the root of the problem and so a lot of times it is we just need to get moving and get strengthening and if we can find the right educators through therapists then we can teach you how to do that safely where it Mm. doesn't hurt and give you the step-by-step guidance so that you're not feeling like you depend on 
either over-the-counter or prescription pain medications. Because it's really cool. Um, with pelvic health, we get to see some folks with chronic pain, and it's cool to see how just a few exercises can really change their life if they really buy into it. Yeah, so. and then put in the work. Me personally, I ruptured two discs in my lower back my senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of course, you know, you still have pain or whatever. But I find the more I... St- not like load up on weight, but the more I weight train and strengthen and stretch, the less pain I have. And, and let, let's say I go a period of six months without even, you know, just like, all right, whatever, I'm better now. And if I don't continuously, continually work on that, it'll, it'll tighten up and get worse. And the proof is in the pudding. Right. That's the kind of cool thing about our bodies is it always lets us know if we're getting off track yeah. with those symptoms. So it's kind of like, okay, it keeps us accountable. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not meant to just sit. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. One of the good things I want to plug too, John, was we talk about like keeping going with that. So one thing, you go through physical therapy, you go see these experts, Katie, and they get you to this level. And then it's like you're discharged. Mm-hmm. And then it's like it's on you, right, to yep. continue that. One of the good things that we have in Peterson is we have this thing called the Transitional Wellness Program, where we'll put you with, uh, we've got a couple of personal trainers, and so you come in, you still stay under the kind of the overall supervision of our area, but you get to supervise, get exercise in a supervised environment. So we kind of try to keep you going. You might not be ready for one of the center, one of the fitness centers in town just yet. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like transitions you to that extra step. So you're not with the therapist anymore, but you're still with the trainer, and we kind of help to guide you to fully be independent to do that on your own and it holds so the patients accountable too right. Mm-hmm. right yeah look you can't cheat dude you gotta <laughs> keep you gotta, it going i mean you gotta yeah. keep it you work so hard to get to this point you know yes. Let's, yes let's just keep it going don't just stop cold turkey yeah they, how much how much do they rely on you to fix them you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. do, do you ever have to tell your patients look if you don't put in the work you're not going to get better that's right and, and at what line do you um how blunt do you have to be with them sometimes well with therapy too now insurance companies keep cutting back on how much therapy they're paying for. Mm. So in a sense, we've almost become like consultants where we get to see them for, let's say two times a week for 45 minutes a session. But a big part of their care, we have a home exercise program that we give them. So they're supposed to do things on their own. Yes. Exercise at home. We try to tie in the family members, the spouses help out. You have to do these things at home. You're not going to get to the point that you want to get to two times a week, 45 minutes a session. You've got to continue that every day, do a little bit. And so we really just encourage them because the ones that do the homework that follow all of the instructions mm. are the ones that are going to have the better outcomes. And the ones that just think they're going to get fixed by that 45 minute session with Katie doesn't always have the best outcome. You hear that dad? <laughs> um, what advice do you have to the family members who enable this, uh, um, relaxed lifestyle and be like, Oh no, you don't have to, you know, uh, all these exercises, maybe next week, maybe tomorrow. What are they doing to the patients? What are they doing to their loved ones, not even knowing they're doing it? Um, I mean, it, it definitely helps if you can be that support to just say, you know, if you want to get to where you want to be, playing with your grandkids, going on that trip, you know, whatever really drives them, mm-hmm. then say you have to put in the work. And we're here to help you, but you make a good point is sometimes family wants to help the family or the patient too much. Mm -hmm. So they say, well, I'll get the door for you. I'll do that. Or I want them to heal. 
And so you kind of do all the things around the house, but you want to really encourage them to be as independent as possible. Absolutely. And just like I said, you kind of have to be harsh sometimes. Uh, I know I have four siblings and parents and all my family always come to me with, oh, I hurt this or that and help me with it. But it's it's hard because they don't always listen to you. Mm -hmm. So you have to just kind of be firm and put it into perspective. Yeah. You can't put in the work for somebody. They they have to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. They have to find that motivation from within. Yeah. Like they have to have that motivation. So, so um, Dad, I'm putting you on blast here. So, um, have you noticed when somebody's in the hospital, somebody's putting in the work at the hospital, they're getting better, and um, they have all these. They have a why. They have a why. I want to get out. I want to be back to normal. I have all these aspirations and, you know, things I want to do when I get out. And then they get out, and it's like that way for a while. But then, you know, here comes the old habits again. Um, What advice do you have to those people, and uh, how do they get out of these habits? I like to tell my patients, especially of the neurological brain injury type patients, I say keep a journal. Because there's going to be days where you just aren't feeling it and there's going to be days that are hard and some that you really relearned something before that was super easy and you conquered it. So if you keep that journal, you can see there. Mm. Okay, today I walked without my walker. Yesterday I almost fell. And you can just see that progress and that will kind of help you keep driving forward. And I think that's the best way. And that's a really good habit anyway for when you go to those doctor's appointments and they ask, how have you been doing? You could have said, yesterday I was really dizzy. And then yeah. they can check your blood pressure medication. So it's just a, like a nice self-progress. And it helps you keep accountability for yourself too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's that's funny because that ties in with everything, with finances, with relationships, with um you know, your health, whether you're trying to lose weight, when you track that down and you write down your weight for that day, you write down um, how much you bench, you're like, man, I want to bench this much. When you write that goal down and, and you see your progress, you know, it makes a world and of a difference. the small victories too, yes. because you had that long-term goal. Maybe they want to get back to the river trail and walk. They're not there yet. Well, maybe you got in a bed by yourself. Mm. You know, celebrate that, write that down. That's Amen. a huge thing that you accomplished. Absolutely. Yeah. See the blessings that are happening right there. And, um, you know, that's that's amazing. What advice do you have, doctor, to, for for the little girls out there watching who want to someday be in your position? Little boys, little girls, anybody, you know? Um, kind of like Jim had talked about earlier, just try to diversify. Like he said, really build your resume. So I'm a physical therapist, but when I went to A&M, I was an animal science major for the first two years. And then I ended up adding the double major of kinesiology, always wanting to be a PT. I, mm. that was, I changed my mind a lot in life. And like I've come to pelvic health after I started with pediatrics. And then I did vestibular and kind of dabbled here and there. But I always knew I wanted to be a PT. Mm-hmm. And so I just have always tried to um, be active in a lot of organizations. And I think that's what really helped so doing animal science and kinesiology, most people that go to PT school, they're either kinesiology or motor behavior, some kind of thing like that. And I know I asked my um, physical therapy board who accepted me into school, and they said, 
you being an animal science major kind of made your application stand out because it was very odd. It was not really? something we had seen before. And so I think between that and then just being involved in organizations, like while I was at A&M, I was in the Saddle and Sirloin Club and I was in the PT Society and I judged wool and mohair and just being really involved shows that when you're in school and you're hit with a lot of really challenging tests and uh, presentations, you know how to manage your time and you know how to handle stress. That's amazing. You mentioned um, in the first two years, you said it was animal... Animal science. Animal science, okay. You mentioned in the first two years it was animal science. Um, What advice do you have to those who have their mindset on something but they end up going a different route. Um, so I, I, I was animal science the whole time, wanted to do PT. I just added the kinesiology later, so I didn't end up changing it. But I mean, just being flexible, knowing that, okay, if I didn't end up pursuing PT, then I could have become an extension agent with 4-H, which was something I would have loved to do as well. And so just knowing that And like my parents, they're insurance agents and neither one of them necessarily, that's not what their college degree was in, but that's what they do now. So you can always, there's so many things in life, just, you know, it's what you make of it. So it doesn't have to be necessarily the path you set out at and your life and what happens kind of shapes you. So that's inspiring. Um, What advice do you have to those who want to get in this field, Jim, but they don't, they've never even seen what it's like behind closed doors. So I think in lots of professions, it's good to see what it's like to do that job. So one thing that Tybee does that's great is they have a like a health science course uh, that Sharon Pinch is involved with. And so she takes the students from high school and they go observe uh, therapy, they go observe nursing, and they get those chance for those students to see what it's like to be a physical therapist, kind of what does it look like to be an outpatient therapist? Because it's so hard to pick what you want to do in life, right? It's mm-hmm. like there's so many choices nowadays and all yeah. these jobs that weren't around when I was going through college. And so I think that's a great way for health sciences. I go out there and look. Like my son is involved in a program at his school, and he got to go to the emergency room. And he said, Dad, it was so cool. I got to go and see all this neat stuff, and I want to be a nurse. Oh, that's great. You know, what a, what a great way to get your eyes open to these professions. Absolutely. But that would be my biggest advice. I'd just be go look at the job. Go talk to a physical therapist. You know, find out where they are. Can I come and watch you, do, see what you can do, um, talk to them, you know, ask them questions. You know, what's the job like? You know, what do you get paid? You know, what's, what does your typical day look like? Ask those questions because one of the really? things you're going to do in life is picking what you want to do. And if mm-hmm. you can find something you love to do, the old saying they say, if you find something that you love, you're never working a day in your life. Mm-hmm. So trying to find that as early as you can is like the, the hardest part, right? Because how many kids go through undergraduate and they change majors once, twice. I was the same thing. I was a computer science major. Really? And I did computer science and I liked it. But I was like, I'm a people person. I want to be with people. I want to be writing code all day. So I was able to get a job as a rehab tech. And I found out that, hey, there's this thing called OT. This is really cool. And I was able to switch over, and I am where I am now. But, yeah, for therapy-wise, I'd say just try to talk to a physical therapist, talk to an OT, talk to a speech therapist. If they'll let you come in and observe them, do do it. Are you happy it turned out the way it did? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I've been blessed to live in the Hill Country, raise, uh, raise two kids. It's been great. Well, this is a Kerrville podcast. Um, what advice do you have to the families who are thinking about moving here and raising little ones? I think it's a great place to raise a family. Yeah. We've got wonderful outdoor activities. We've got a... Uh, just the school system here is really great. We've got a wonderful hospital. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's got everything you need, you know. It's, it's a great place. to. You're close to the big city, but you don't have to fight that kind of traffic. 
So I just think Corver, the Corver area is just a wonderful area. It's been great for my family. We've absolutely loved it. And you got other surrounding communities too that are great. And uh, it's a great place to raise kids, yeah. Amen. All right. All right, I got two questions for you, Dr. Katie Segner. Um, what conditions do you treat and what does it take for somebody to be seen? So um, for conditions, we treat all types of incontinence or basically if you have trouble maintaining bladder control. We also treat vaginismus, so like a muscle spasm mm -hmm. in the pelvic floor. We treat pain with intercourse, abdominal separation, so very common during pregnancy. Two out of three women typically experience separation of the abdominals, so working on core strengthening um, postpartum. Uh, we treat pubic symphysis dysfunction, which is the separation of the front of the pelvis, as well as sacroiliac joint dysfunction, so pain on the back side of the pelvis. Low back pain is definitely another one that's treated by pelvic health. Mm. And um, after a hysterectomy or after a cesarean, we also know how to do scar tissue mobilization. Wow. Uh, also, kind of a, I guess, newer niche is really helping with return to running because I know a lot of people want to get back into running. So there's a whole protocol out there where you can – um, properly train someone postpartum to safely get back into running and kind of go through the right steps with that, as well as on the reverse side, coming to PT to learn different stretches to prepare for labor. So someone mm. that's wanting to know how to facilitate labor. Yeah, um, the whole birth process is, is, you know, you see the commercials and everything that make it seem like it's nothing, but we, my son is four months old now and we just went through that and it is it's dangerous it's scary um and then postpartum afterwards um you know my wife was in pain Absolutely. and you, you mentioned earlier um a lot of patients think it's normal and they don't go see you mm -hmm. and um what would you say to those who are in pain and and they're like well i don't know if i had the right insurance or how does that work so for one, we accept all insurances. So don't let that be a barrier. Definitely call. And when you schedule, you have to go through a process where they're going to verify insurance and all of that and give you an estimation of what the cost is. And we also tailor the treatment to, you know, if, if you were talking about your wife coming in, I would see, is she going to have a copay? And I'm going to be mindful of that when I'm arranging my visits. I'm not going to, you know, if it, financially works to just have her come once a month and mm -hmm. I'll make sure and get a really robust home exercise program so we can help her out financially where she's not having to spend a lot on copays. Wow. Um, I also factor in how far away you live from the clinic. We've had people, I've literally treated people from Del Rio, what? Rock Springs, Utopia. So I'm not going to have them come in multiple times a week with the gas prices and the commute. So keeping that in mind. Why do you care about all of that, doctor? Because <laughs> I've been there myself. You know, I've gone to appointments where they don't tell me ahead of time what a cost is when I'm going with my daughter trying to figure out what's going on with her digestive system. And then you take a stool sample and spend $1,500. So I like to treat someone else how I would like to be treated and really go through that process and factor in someone's time and their finances. So all of your patients, they're not just another number. They're not just another patient. You, you actually care about each individual. Oh, for sure. That's, that's amazing. It really is. And it's comforting too, because, um, 
all of these people who are in the retirement community, um, they have children, children, children. You know, we have a bit, it's growing here in Kerrville. And I see it on the real estate side. You know, we, we are growing. Mm -hmm. And to know that we have something like this right here at home is very comforting. So people can't just come and walk through your door. You have to have a doctor's order, right? Correct. You do need a doctor's order in order to get started. Okay. Well, that was simple as that. <laughs> wait, wait. Let me say. Let me. Let me. Let me uh, see you out. Yeah, yeah. Like peace out. Well, hey, hang on. So. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's expensive. <laughs> Jim, earlier when she mentioned running, you were like, yeah, so you're a runner too? I, yeah, I've been uh, on a fitness journey for about two years, and I've lost a little bit of weight. But I, my daughter is in cross country, so it motivated me to get back into running. Really? So I've done a half, couple half marathons now, and I'm training for a full marathon in June. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's the fastest guy. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I'm the fastest guy over 40, let's say that. <laughs> no, that's, that's exciting. Um, I'm actually, so it's not happening this year. I just started training for my first Ironman in 2024 nice. nice so so I you know I'm good on the swimming and 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 running you know I can do the marathon and, and I can swim all right but the biking I'm not used to the biking and a little bitty seat you want to talk about pelvic pain <laughs> like uh -huh. I might that's where I was I did the Kerrville try this past year I did the Olympic distance and uh I I'm a good swimmer I'm a decent runner and the bike, I just, it's just not my thing. And so right. I literally trained on the bike a month before the September triathlon was, and I did fine. And so now, since then, I've been swimming twice a week, riding the bike a bunch, and running. So I'm going to, I'll be ready for the next year. Yeah. Next year. But it's a great sport. I love triathlon. Jim, That's exciting. The push contest? <laughs> There's a push up contest. There's a push up contest. I hate to embarrass what? the younger therapist. Yay! I really, I really hate <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> but um, Dr. Katie Segner, it was an honor to have you on. And y'all come on back on, really. Y'all be a reoccurring guest and just be like, hey, we got this going on. You know, y'all are always welcome to use this platform at your disposal. Um, so who do we have next? We have Devin Sivek with Occupational Therapy. She's going to come fill us in on the driving program as well as the Parkinson's support groups. All right. All right, everybody, we have Devin Seebeck, occupational therapist at Peterson Health Rehab Services. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. It's an honor to have you. And um, Jennifer, she, you're back, back too. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, back in the hot seat. That's right. <laughs> so we were talking about a driving program, and we also mentioned the Parkinson's um, rehabilitation program. So the driving program, um, y'all also help, I just found out, uh, patients who have just had a stroke get back into driving. Yes, yes. Um, definitely after a stroke or a traumatic brain injury, any kind of neurological event. Um, I find more recently a lot of physicians have been referring for a driving eval just to get them cleared mm. um, to make sure it is safe for them to return. Um, and then if they pass, it's great, and I send that information to their doctor. But sometimes we find a few things that we can work on, whether it's their vision, um, whether it's their cognition, problem solving, mm -hmm. or even their, just their general reaction time. Um, and so we work on those things. Like Jim mentioned, there's several steps. It's almost a two-hour 
assessment. What does it look like? For, <laughs> we'll give we'll give some of y'all the inside scoop that are preparing <laughs> for this. I can't show all my secrets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we do a cognitive exam. Um, we do a traffic sign knowledge test. We do um, a visual perception test. Kind of what you're seeing is your brain telling you the same thing, or is it flip flopping the image? Sometimes mm. after a stroke, that actually happens. Um, you see things backwards from how they're actually appearing. Our brain is crazy. Um, and then we do two different reaction time tests. So we do a gas to brake reaction. How quickly is your foot moving? Mm-hmm. Um, and then a visual scanning and reaction time. Um, so all of those details go into sometimes a 10 page write up to your doctor about wow. what's safe, what's not safe recommendations we might have. Um, sometimes we even just recommend, Hey, you're doing really good in all of these areas, but it's probably not best if you're driving at night. So we recommend no night driving or really? no driving during those peak hours, that dusk and dawn where the sun is like right in your face. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That horrible time. Um, or even just like peak hours when, you know, school buses and things are out, um, you know, so we will make recommendations and send those to the physician as well. And then they make the ultimate decision. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's as easy as the physician says, all right, you're good to drive or here's your like restrictions or I would recommend you not drive. And if the patient's still like adamant about driving, I've had a few instances where the physician will then go through the process of revoking the driver's license. Yeah. The state kind of thing. It's Just so for their important. Safety. And because... You know, DWI is, is a really, really um, big deal in Texas. Mm-hmm. But, gosh, if somebody can't see and they're on the road, mm-hmm. like, what's the difference, you know? Oh, yeah. And I'm not, like, trying to say they're doing this on purpose like like mm-hmm. the other ones. But I guarantee you, um, y'all are saving lives. Yeah, you know, I really try to point out to them, it's not – I'm not just thinking about everybody else on the road with – as far as the reaction time, like when people are like, I've been driving for, you know, 60, 70 mm-hmm. years, that kind of thing. Um, I just remind them, you know, if you can't react in this amount of time and it's something that even in the state of Texas, like they want you to re- your foot should react in less than 1.5 seconds. That's something we go by. And, um, if they can't react in that time and they're trying to get on I-10 and the person who's not driving safely looking at their phone swerves into their lane. Can they react quick enough mm. to save their own life? Right. So I really want them to think about that. I'm not just, I truly am looking out for their best interest or, and there's a couple other people who will fill in for me, like Jim, Jim mentioned. Um, but all of us, we just, we really are trying to keep their safety first. And then also others on the road. We just, you know, we want to be careful, but there's a lot of times too. Um, I've, you asked me that earlier. I forgot to mention that. But, um, yeah, after a stroke, we can rehab. So if their reaction time's not that great, we have some some programs and things we can work on to fix the, the visual scanning or reaction time. And then we retest, like, a month or so later and see if they're where they need to be or not. To get so them back good, on the road. Yeah, to get them back on the road. Because, I mean, I've had taking this test anywhere from I've had a 22-year-old up to a 94-year-old. What? <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> why, would, why would somebody who is younger be in there? So, um, like, I'm, the other one I mentioned, like, a traumatic brain injury. I've had some people um, after they've been in a car accident mm-hmm. and had a traumatic brain injury um, and couldn't get back behind the wheel. And sometimes it's more of a trauma thing. They feel like they can't. And so their family or their doctor will say, well, go see if your, you know, your reaction time's better or your vision's okay. Yeah. And so they'll come in. And um, sadly, honestly, I've had a few young stroke patients um, recently that in 20s, 30s, 40s that are trying to get 
and on up that are trying to get back to driving. And, you know, that's a big part of life, especially if trying to get back to work. Um, and then if we can't get them back to driving, we have several other resources um, in town that I try to offer or find things um, to help them still be able to live their life, even if they can't get back to driving. So we yeah, really do try some, to look at all of it. Yeah. It, it's just, you know, and Jennifer, too, a lot of these people you see who are younger that come in there, you know, just it's a blessing just to wake up every day, you know? I know of a young 16-year-old that just recently was hospitalized, um, and she only symptom she had was pain in her lower back, almost like a kidney stone. So she was, she was transported locally, um, and they couldn't resolve the issue, so they transported her to San Antonio and come to find out she had a blood clot in her brain, in her kidney, and in her heart. All mm. three, and um, luckily, 16. sixteen. Luckily, she's she's out and she's doing well. Um, but yeah, it, it's crazy that strokes know no age. Mm-mm. I mean, there's you know, so yeah. Yeah, it, it's. I don't know. You just mentioned you know twenty two to heck sixteen to ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Anybody and everybody. Just it's just a blessing to be alive and going. You know, but. Um, Jennifer, we really didn't hit on you and your role. <laughs> what do you? I had the easiest job known to man. Uh, I I pretty much go around and, um, you know, I advocate for the community and the patients, letting them know that they do have a choice when it comes to their therapy. Um, I obviously deal with some wonderful therapists, so they make my job super easy promoting them and their specialties. Um, so yeah, I I have great I have great teammates and yeah well you're a wonderful representation (laughs) peterson health they make it easy for me they make it easy for me and um so you mentioned parkinson's yes yes we have some great um programs for individuals who have parkinson's disease um whether you're newly diagnosed or have had it for a while or if you're new to the area um we have a program that Jim touched on, the LSVT Big program and the LSVT Loud program. So mm. we have speech. We have one speech therapist currently that is um, certified in the LSVT Loud, and we have goodness, one, two, three. I'm trying to think. We have at least five <laughs> people um, through in the inpatient and outpatient collectively that um, are certified in the LSVT Big program, and you can be an OT or a PT to get that certification. Um, so yeah, and usually what we've been telling people when they get that order from their doctor is to put PT or OT, and then that way we can get you seen for sure um, with one of us. And uh, yeah, it's been a really great program. And then one other thing that's new, we have someone who's certified in um, the Parkinson's Voice Project. Mm. So that's one I hadn't heard of um, for a while. We've always been kind of doing the LSVT programs, but we did just, we have a speech therapist that just got certified in that. So we offered two different voice programs. Um, and that's here. Yeah. In Kerrville. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It really is. It's exciting and uh, it's comforting. Yeah. It is. So what's the difference between the big and the loud program? Ah, very good question. <laughs> so the um, LSVT big program that I'm certified in and actually um, Katie is also certified in, um, we work with we like the amplitude um, of their movements, right? So that's why it's called big. Mm. So, you know, 
throw out those big fancy words with amplitude, but really we just want to make all of their movements so much bigger. Unfortunately, Parkinson's makes everything smaller and slower um, and sometimes just kind of uncoordinated. Mm. And these exercises in this program just, we see great results with it. I've seen people go from walkers to canes to nothing. I've seen people um, go from having multiple falls or near falls a day to having no falls in four weeks kind of thing. Um, so it's really, it's a very rewarding program, but we focus on the exercise side of it um, and helping them be able to increase their mobility and really get around more independently or doing their like daily activities, being able to get dressed on their own, um, being able to shower on their own. Wow. You know, it's all these things that we take meal. for granted. Yeah, for sure. It really is. Mm-hmm. So, um, those listening who want to be in your position someday, um, what advice do you have hmm. to them? Uh, you know, I feel like I'm kind of echoing some of that. So I'll, you know, exactly what Jim and um, yeah, y'all Katie took said. all the good we, ones. No, no, it's good. <laughs> it's all good. You know, that's part of it. Um, but yeah, definitely can't say enough about um, beefing up up your resume and really getting in there. But you know, I honestly, I thought I wanted to do physical therapy, and it's an incredible profession but when I um went to observe uh I was observing with them and there was a break and they were like hey do you just want to hang out with one of our OTs um for this next patient and I did and it was like this aha moment Mm. of oh this is me like that's my personality when and I think I'd only been introduced to physical therapy because I had had some injuries in high school and surgeries and so I had seen physical therapy side of it but as a teenager, I didn't really need the occupational therapy. So I didn't even know that existed. And so then when I observed that, I was like, ah, this is where I need to be. So, you know, I made kind of that, that switch in my head and, and it was great, but I, that's why it's, it's such a good thing to get out there and see and talk to somebody. Yeah. That's what Jim was saying. Yeah. Like exactly, exactly. Cause, um, you never know your personality might actually be geared towards a different profession that's similar to what you're already thinking about. So it's just good to check out several things and not be just kind of tunnel vision to one thing. Cause you've heard about it. Um, what advice would y'all have to students who are kind of shy and they're like, Oh, I don't want to be taking up their time. I don't want to be stepping oh, yeah. on toes. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would say that probably was me. You know, I, I don't want to have any kind of conflict or, mess up anybody's schedule but um honestly I feel like I'm speaking for the majority of our Peterson therapists but we love to teach this we're very passionate about what we do we want people to come learn about it because we want more good clinicians out there who are passionate about their work yeah so if it's especially therapy minded you know we we love having students um and trying to pass on that passion as much as we can at the time it's hard to see it but you might change the trajectory of a student's life oh for sure and they're like hey this is this is what i want to do i want to help people um what what's the difference between your mindset going into it how you thought it was going to be versus how it actually is ah yeah um so you know when i went into it initially i always thought i wanted to be in an outpatient clinic but i actually started in our inpatient rehab and never thought i would work in a hospital and then loved it. Um, I was there about three and a half years and before I switched over to outpatient. But I think that's kind of the nice thing about OT and, and Katie touched on that as well is you don't have to 
there's not just one thing um, within the therapy world. Uh, you can, you want to keep up your skills and change it up a little bit because you learn so much in school and you kind of come out as a generalist is what we like to call it. <laughs> but you start specializing in, in things. And that was one thing that led me to want to do outpatient is I was like, okay, I'm, I'm really loving this inpatient, but I feel like I'm kind of only focusing on this set of skills and so now that I'm an outpatient, I'm using a totally different set of skills. I'm doing driving evaluations, things like that, um, that I never originally thought I would be doing. But I truly do enjoy it. I know it's hard. <laughs> it's very hard for me to tell someone you're not really safe to drive. But I do feel like I'm, I'm helping them and I'm, I'm doing a service for them and their, and their family, mm. even if I'm not their favorite person at that time. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I wanted to yeah. ask you about. How hard is it? And the... I know it takes a special kind of mindset and some strength, but somebody has to do it. Mm -hmm. Why is that person you? <laughs> Short answer, because Jim didn't want to do it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> He's just giving me a look over there. It's great. Um, <laughs> no edit. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, um, honestly, though, I... I wouldn't really give it, and I'm not just saying this because my boss is right there. Um, I wouldn't really give this to anybody else because, um, again, I know I know Katie mentioned this, but you want to treat your patients the way you want to be treated or your family member wants to be treated. Mm. So I know that there's going to be a time, and there has been a time when my grandfather had dementia and he had to be told he couldn't drive. I hope that that person that was talking to him has as much care and genuine concern for, for his well-being that I have for each patient that walks through my door, even the ones that yell at me because I do get yelled at, yeah. but, um, or the ones that cry and I can be there to give them a hug or a tissue or something. Cause it is hard. Um, you are losing, um, some of that independence, but, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. I genuinely do love doing that part of it. Cause I want to treat them like my family member. I'm happy it's you in that position. Yeah. Really. <laughs> really. That's uh that's also comforting. You never know who's gonna hopefully I'm there someday. <laughs> you know, hopefully I make it someday to the point to where I you know, have to give up my driver's license and and experience all these things that at that point in life people do experience. Mm -hmm. And knowing that when I get there Knowing that when I get there, Peterson Health Rehab Services is going to be there waiting for me is very comforting. And we will be. <laughs> I'm honored to have all y'all on. And uh, I, w I had one question for you, Jennifer. Um, how does it feel being the face of Peterson Health Rehab Services and answering questions that people around town might have and representing? I mean, it feels great because, like I said, I have a, a, a personal story that goes along with rehab and testimony. And yeah. And so knowing that, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I would have been here and I would have had more knowledge if I'd have had the wherewithal to know that I could have even chosen. And so I feel like number one, that's my goal at this point. That's why I'm here. That's why I was brought to this job um, is to let people know they have a choice and to let people know that Peterson health, Rehab services have some of the most amazing therapists. I mean, I can't tell you how compassionate and kind they are. And, you know, I walk around and I see all these therapists working with these patients. And they just, they have the patience. 
And it takes Literally. a special, yeah, it takes special people to have that kind of patience to deal with somebody who's going through the, one of the hardest points in their life. I mean, you know, you go from being completely healthy and being able to do for yourself to not being able to do anything in a certain aspect. And, you know, watching these yeah. therapists help them through that as hard as it is, they are still so passionate and compassionate and empathetic on so many levels. So it's beautiful. I mean, it's just, it's been great. That's why I said I have the easiest job ever because it's been great. So I'm so honored to have you all on. And my last question is what advice do you have to a patient who's weighing out the options and considering going to San Antonio versus staying here at home? You're not going to get as good a treatment. You know, yeah, you go you to San Antonio. Yeah, you right? go to San Antonio and you become a number. Um, you go to, you know, the good thing about Peterson is that we are a nonprofit. When you go to some of these places in San Antonio, they are all about the bottom dollar, mm. you know, in the door and out the door. They, I can't tell you how many hospital facilities I've gone into that I don't get a smile or a hello or, mm -hmm. you know, acknowledgement as you're walking through the hall from every employee that's there. And it's kind of funny that I say this, you, you pass on what you're given. And so when I'm walking through the hall and, you know, a nurse or a provider or their therapist walks by and says, Hey, how's it going? Good day. They don't even know who I am. I've only been there a few months, mm. but yet I'm still getting, I'm still getting treated like they know me. And it makes me feel good enough that I pass that on to the next person. Yeah. So as I pass the next person in the hall, it's a patient being wheeled down the hallway and you, how's your day or, you know, here, let me get the door for you. It's just that type of environment and you don't get that in San Antonio. You don't get that in in a hospital that's there for profit. So yeah, all day long I'd say go stay home, you know, stay local because that's where you're gonna get the care that you deserve, the care that you need. Hands down. Amen. So ladies and gentlemen, that was episode one hundred and three Peterson Health Rehab Services. Y'all come on back. Anything? Oh, Dad, come Y'all have a event coming up. So yes, <laughs> well, I'll touch base on that real quick because I know Jim's like, I, I got. Um, I don't want to get fired twice in one day. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I do like to pride um, our rehab services team on is the fact that they have so much community support. Um, we offer so many different. Uh, health fairs throughout the community. Mm -hmm. So so if you so if there's anybody out there that is hosting a health fair and they, you know, let us know, we will gladly fit a health fair into our schedules so that we can let the community know what they need to do to stay healthy and and be healthy and um we also offer support groups. And we offer the Parkinson support group. Um, we offer the refreshers for big and loud. Mm -hmm. um, we offer the stroke support group as well. We do off offer falls prevention classes, which, you know, as everybody knows, Kerrville is ranked number one when it comes to falls. Yeah. Um, and so we have some amazing <laughs> therapists that um, they're great with, you know, making sure everybody knows how to set up their facility, their home when they get there, mm -hmm. that they can make sure that they're safe and they're, you know, they're going to keep their, their falls at a minimum when they're back home. They set up their home? Well, they can, like, they, they help 
the therapist can give you direction on, you know, making sure that you don't have rugs that you're yeah. going to slip and fall on. You know, just little pointers about, you know, don't put the little slip and fall things in the bathtub. They can recommend things that you can, you know, put in your tub that wow. you can use so you don't slip when you get in the shower. Or, you know, the the handles and the bars and the racks that you may need, um, you know, if you're at that point where you need to assist yourself walking through homes and, um, you know, watching out for all your pets that walk underneath your feet. And, <laughs> and um Cords, wires. Yeah, cords, dad. wires, dad. Um, so, yeah, they, we, we offer the Falls Prevention class. Um, and we also have our third annual Community Stroke Prevention Fair coming up. Did I say it right? If you hold it up, I'll say it. <laughs> hey, you this also. Is, why is this one so difficult? <laughs> and you also have your third annual Community Stroke Prevention and Awareness Fair at the Dieter Center. At the Center. Dieter Center. Yes. So we are partnering up with the Dieter Center this year. Um, so we are going to be hosting it there at the Dieter Center. We're going to have a lot of uh, community vendors coming out. And it will be on May 4th. So may the 4th be with you. That's right. Um, from <laughs> 1 to 4. So it will be right after lunch at the Dieter Center. Okay. So... Well, that's wonderful. Yes. Thank y'all so much. Peterson Health <laughs> Rehab Services. This is a no edit podcast, y'all. We didn't mess up once. <laughs> y'all have a blessed one. And uh, just just be happy knowing this is in our town. It's right here, right here in Kerrville. You don't have to go to San Antonio or Austin. Right here in Kerrville at the Peterson Health Rehab Services, episode 103. Y'all have a blessed one. <laughs>